George Tillis is here as always with some overlooked movers for us. George, you got a home builder on your list to LGI Homes first. Yeah, OJ, I mean, speaking of inflation, homes, I guess, are an inflation hedge uh, still uh, expected in 2022 to hit some uh, high single-digit growth rates. But I think what's going on now is uh, as the home builders have performed well this year and interest rates really haven't done anything, at least along into the curve, in fact, they're falling, uh, there are some opportunities perhaps in some underappreciated or overlooked home builders like LGI Homes, which is a Texas-based home builder that focuses on really where the market is in huge demand, and that's the entry-level home or even some of the uh, second-tier move-up homes, as well as the uh, multiplex communities, which, uh, again, are uh, in need right now, especially these faster builds that uh, effectively are needed, especially also affordability. And uh, that's where the focal point for LGI is. Now, uh, overall, what's interesting about this name and some of the differences uh, about it relative to the traditional larger home builders. Now, when I mean larger, I'm talking about scale, like versus DR Horton uh, market cap, or I'm sorry, sales every year is about 27 billion. LGI is about, about uh, one ninth of that, about $3 billion in terms of total sales. So it's a small home builder, but they actually have a very interesting business model. One is it's a very asset light model. They actually don't hold uh, any land inventory. So that can certainly be a detriment during times of, uh, of high demand or potentially times uh, when there's actually too much uh, supply. But at the same time, it, prevents, it presents an opportunity for a very capital light business model to take off, especially when there's huge demand for end products. And uh, if you look at their their business model, like I said, uh, they don't necessarily own land. It's a 100% speculative builder. And in fact, uh, this gives the company some opportunities to generate higher return on invested capital, also higher uh, higher inventory turnover. In other words, it doesn't necessarily have to deal with a lot of the uh, regulatory hurdles and getting land uh, available to build. It actually purchases using option contracts existing land that is available and ready to be built hmm. uh, and it of course has uh, has higher turnover rates and uh, that again can be very effective especially with uh, with businesses that uh, tend to uh, to hold on the land a little bit longer than expected that might be based upon uh, for instance higher prices going in the future or effectively for uh, issues to uh, for, to uh, to deal with uh, quarterly financials. Okay, uh, so pretty uh, uh, wide, uh, uh, but um, you know not national. So there seems to be a lot of growth potential here, George. The reason why uh, there's so much of the country that they're not involved in. Well, I think so. I think if you look at where their main operations are, they're in the southwest region of the country. I think the next thing to consider is. Well, all the home builders hire, what happens typically as an industry group moves uh, higher, analysts start looking around for better value opportunities. And, and I think this may be one. Now, I'm not suggesting it, but what I am saying is, is that if you look at Wells Fargo, uh, recently they upgraded the stock to 160 from 125. Now, it's trading around 160. But that was a pretty meaningful move in terms of their price target. So that gives you an idea that analysts are looking around, they're scouring around and industry groups looking for potential values out there. Now, one thing I did notice is I looked at last quarter's revenue growth, and in fact, the revenue growth for LGI was 40%, and that's nearly double the uh, the percent change on a year-over-year -year basis for some of the premium builders like Toll Brothers, GR Horton, or Lennar, or even those that have more scalability. In fact, uh, LGI also, from the standpoint of net income, is generating 14% net income 
last quarter. They don't have nearly the scalability and size that let's say DR Horton or Toll Brother does, but its profitability profile is much higher. So with that said, they're generating higher sales growth, but they're also doing so on a very a profitable basis. This is a situation where you can see maybe a couple quarters of outperformance of this particular name relative to other major peers in the uh, industry group. I'm not saying it's going to happen, uh, but what we can see is probably a performance compression uh, or a narrowing of performance from a stock, stock standpoint because of the fact that now I think with an asset light model and uh, being able to bring inventory to market quickly, uh, LGI might end up uh, performing better from a profitability right. standpoint relative to its larger peers. Well, the whole hang up in housing is the lack of supply, right? So if someone can get their housing up right. faster, their house built faster than the competitor, uh, that's who's going to get the deal done. Definitely, and if you look at companies like Toll Brothers, they've been actually holding on an inventory and keeping effectively their large uh, global, I'm sorry, domestic market share presence. Uh, in other words, keeping a home, home buyers hostage. They're, they've been keeping supplies moving at such a slow clip, they're trying to increase level of prices where LGI is taking a different approach. They're saying, look, we're gonna, pr we're gonna play high price and high quantity games, not necessarily high price and low quantity games. They see a lot of demand elasticity, especially on the lower end of the housing market, and, and I happen to agree with that premise. Okay. Uh, Toll Brothers on the move after earnings this week. Uh, LGI trying to follow, but tough act uh, to with uh, Toll Brothers uh, still finding huge demand for the most expensive homes out there. Million dollars, uh, 800,000 plus for their bracket among the home builders. Highest end really as you can get. George, uh, you have got two others though. Let's keep going here. Love sack after the earnings. Investors uh, feeling cozy in this stock still. Uh, it's got a pretty, yeah, I think it's got a pretty great connection to housing, right? I mean, isn't this company just capitalizing on people filling up their new homes? It is, it is, and I think if you think of the word cozy, that that makes a lot of sense, especially this time of year, OJ. But uh, it's a furnishing company, and it's more eclectic, uh, if you will, and unique furnishings, things like modular sectional couches and their namesake uh, premium. Foam beanbags, they call the love sack, and that's what they're really known for. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also have all the comfy and cozy things like blankets and throw pillows and so forth. So I think, again, it's a brand that uh, a lot of folks know about. It's a premium brand, by the way, because uh, it actually generates quite high gross margins and also profit margins. But they did report earnings a couple days back, and it was certainly overlooked because of the volatility in the market. It moved quite a bit to the upside. In fact, it's actually close to some of the November highs it published which were around $84. So certainly one to consider watching at least at that level for a potential breakout. We actually posted a very nice uh, surprise beat on a gap basis uh, of 17 cents versus the loss expected at 39 cents with 56% right. top line sales growth. So I think with cold weather seasonality, uh, this is certainly a shopping season, Black Friday uh, deals. Uh, this is potentially a stock that can continue to trend to the upside. now. With that said, after earnings, there's seven analysts that cover the company, and all of them have either an outperform or a buy rating with a $110 price target. And a, and a few names that did upgrade the stock on earnings like Oppenheimer, Canaccord, BTIG, all ratcheted the uh, prices to the upside, the targets. But what was interesting is, is uh, the move, uh, the earnings, but at the same time, the company actually guided a little bit softer, came in a little bit softer relative to, uh, to uh, operating margins and even gross margins because they actually talked and were fully uh, declarative in terms of challenges they faced from a supply chain standpoint. Uh, and in fact, the stock didn't uh, be, wasn't bothered by it. And I think it's because of the fact that 
overall, the company is uh, very profitable from a gap basis, but also the uh, surprise beat for their Q3 earnings also ratchets uh, the uh, the mark to models for all of these analysts who upgraded the stock. Okay. All right. So analysts like it. Investors put a huge uh, bid into the company after the earnings, uh, and it had been starting to slip down. So to see it then reverse is a really powerful technical event on earnings, pushing back towards the highs. If we get above 82 bucks, it kind of seems like a new record is uh, destiny above 96, just technically seeing the way uh, it lines up right now. A nice uptrend that held crucial hold of the uptrend there on earnings. George, last one. Let's talk some tech here. Fortinet, uh, which has been steady and climbing and tripled over the past year, was up another 5% today. What's going on? Yeah, this is an interesting company, uh, OJ, in the cybersecurity space. Fortinet, uh, in terms of its, uh, its revenues and market cap, it's actually considered uh, small relative to Big companies like uh, Zscaler and Okta and, of course, uh, okay. Palo Alto, but it's uh, basically more of a pure cybersecurity vendor that actually focuses on uh, core network and, uh, and firewall technologies mm -hmm. and sell products, support, and services, and particularly for small and medium-sized businesses. And I think that's one of the compelling reasons why the stock has uh, outperformed its respective larger peers for the, uh, for the last at least uh, nine months or so, actually almost an entire year on a year-to-day basis. But uh, they also sell to uh, government agencies uh, as well. But uh, like I said, their main focus is not necessarily cloud. I, I think the companies that were trying to move into hybrid software securities uh, like the Akas and Zscaler, if you actually look at their stock and even CrowdStrike, those two names are, are to the downside on a year-to-day basis. Whereas if you look at Fortinet, it's up over 149% year-to-day because they really focus on on-premise network security, which uh, in fact, is still uh, three times the size of cloud network security in terms of total addressable market. So, uh, again, it's not necessarily focused on hybrid cloud or cloud-based only. It is more of a traditional on-premise. And I think that's a very attractive value proposition, especially when more people are returning to work. But also, uh, this is really what uh, small businesses need. They need something that's a little bit cheaper and they don't necessarily need something that is uh, all cloud-based. And I think that's uh, also one of the reasons why Fortinet is still in high demand, but it is also really publishing quite a bit higher uh, net profits on a gap basis, about 18% relative to uh, the high single digits for some of its respective larger peers. And uh, I think, again, the, uh, the small, medium-sized business elements in terms of what it focuses on for, uh, for its primary sales has really taken off this year. So the story this year was really anything that's focused in, in software security, small and medium-sized businesses, that's been very compelling versus larger businesses, which I think were uh, primarily benefiting from uh, the COVID shutdown, which aren't necessarily benefiting as much now. But overall, I think it's a value story, a value stock that's uh, only trading around seven times forward sales versus its uh, larger competitor CrowdStrike, for instance, is trading on 14 times forward sales is not generating nearly as much in terms of net profitability. So it's certainly one to, to keep an eye on. Okay. All right. Uh, and what a move. I mean, what a chart. The uh, technical trend here is uh, seemingly like unstoppable. Uh, so a really nice one to put on our radar, George, uh, at a moment here where investors are getting quite choosy with how they play tech companies right now. Uh, finding one that is breaking away and holding strong amidst some of this volatility. Doing your job for us, GT, with the Overlook Stocks. Thank you, George. Great work this week. Okay. Have an excellent weekend, George.